Joel chapter 2, verse number 12 from the NIV says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me. Return to me. Return to God. Return to God with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Return to God. Joel chapter 2, verse 25, just a few verses underneath that, the Lord says, and I will give you back what you lost. Return to God, and he'll bless. Return to God, and he will work. And I will give you back what you lost. For some, 2021 was some loss. Some had things taken from you. Some have had discouragement. Some have had serious issues take place. Even when folks wander from God, when we return to Him, He's there to return to us. Somebody go ahead and clap your hands to Him. He's not a God that kicks us when we're down or pushes us away. Uh, listen, if you fell down, don't stay down. I want to see some things renewed, uh, people restored, lives returned uh, to the Lord. And we'll do this with prayer and with uh, fasting. For those that don't know much about fasting, fasting is doing without uh, for a spiritual purpose. Doing without for a spiritual purpose. And I'll just go ahead and put these down right now and we'll, we'll, we'll deal with them at, in the altar and put prayer requests up there. But they were kind of kind of distracted me when they were sitting up here, all right? Fasting is doing, some, doing without for a spiritual purpose. Most, mostly has to do with food. Used to be when, when, when we talk about fasting, the only thing we, we would think about it, it is, is, you know, going without food and not doing anything, not intaking anything but water. When I came into church, that's what fasting was. That's what it is. It's, it's doing without for a spiritual purpose, but, but mainly with food. We, it didn't mean anything else when we talk about fasting fasting when I first came in than, than, than not eating, than not eating anything. There wasn't, we'd ever talked about partial fast and such, even though partial fasting is actually a fasting. It's a fast. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to fast. Fasting is disconnecting with the world and connecting to God. Complete fast, absolute fast, that's all we used to talk about, uh, is not intaking anything, sometimes uh, drinking water. And we don't, we don't uh, uh, encourage anybody to do an absolute fast without water after three days. You can go three days without it, but it, it's not uh, encouraged. If you are doing an absolute fast, I certainly encourage for you uh, the first three days at least to, to drink water. And then if you go beyond then, maybe even maybe in some, some light liquids and, and such. But uh, complete fast, that's, not do, that's doing without anything. And we don't encourage, now, now some people do, 
And if, if you do, don't, don't go into it lightly, but, but 21 days of an absolute fast is a serious, serious thing. So don't just say, oh, I'm going to fast 21 days and I'm not going to eat anything, just going to drink water. Take some precaution when you do that. It is done, it can be done, but uh, you, need to, you need to look into it. And God will richly bless, indeed. Selective fast, there's selective fast. Uh, do without some type of food. This is, Daniel fast would go underneath this type of, of a fast, a selective fast. Uh, simplified, Daniel fast is no meat, sweets, or breads. No meat, sweets, or breads. And, and the most important thing, or, or one of the things that I truly like and, and, and uh, uh, have to give up in a Daniel type fast is uh, caffeine. So there's no coffee, there's no, no drinks other than, other than water in, in that Daniel fast if you're doing it as a strict Daniel fast. Look it up. There's several resources on that uh, out there on these types of fasting. Partial fast is another type of fast. It's, it's maybe fasting uh, you know, and on a meal a day for for some, this may look like you know if somebody has a, a a job that 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 takes a lot from them, or they exert a lot of energy. Maybe they eat a hearty breakfast in the morning, and then they don't eat again until the next morning. That would be that would be like a a, a partial fast. You know, they're maybe eating eating some other people would go a, a sun up to sundown type of fast. That would be considered a partial a partial fast, and and. And uh, there's all different kinds, as I said. You decide, but I encourage you to do something. I encourage you to do something. We, we in the past, my family have, have done straight Daniel fast. We've, we've been creative and done different things. This year we've switched it up some. I will do some days of absolute fast, and, and then on the other days, uh, uh, which I'm there, I don't expect my family to do the absolute fast when I'm doing it. But but they'll do the the same thing that we do on those other days, which is which is kind of a um, a, a modified Daniel type fast. But we've kind of modified it for for our own, and and you we can call it the Molly fast. <laughs> Not really. We can call it the 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 Caitlin fast, or the we'll call it the Matthew fast. But uh, anyway, just do something. Do something. It's doing without for a spiritual purpose. Doing without for a spiritual purpose. And and if you really want to get close to the Lord, I encourage some days to do some absolute fasting. Do some absolute fasting. Even if you're going to do 21 days of Daniel fast. Throw some absolute days in there. Throw some, throw some days where you just do nothing but water. Somebody say amen. God will bless. Now, now fasting is, is not, uh, 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 I'll get to that. There's also a soul fast because mainly we talk about food. And doing without food, there's also a soul fast. Because there's some things that, that we take in, not necessarily ingesting with, with our mouth and into our stomach, but we take into our spirits and we take into our souls, which is a good thing to do without for a little while. Somebody say amen. These days people take in so much media, so much media and social media and such, and, and it's good to get your face out of Facebook and into the real book every now and then. Somebody say amen. Off social media, no more, if you want to do this, maybe it's no more TikTok. It's no more Twitter and such. Disconnect. Disconnect for, for a bit. Soul fast. It's a soul fast. Pick something and you're going to separate yourself from and watch God move in your life. Somebody give the Lord another hand clap.
Again, I encourage you to do something. We're not dictating to you what to do. Do something. Choose something. If, 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 you're, if you already don't eat meat, don't eat sugar, don't eat, don't eat bread and stuff, then a Daniel fast is not for you because you're not doing without anything. Somebody say amen. If I say, oh, I'm going to fast sodas, I'm not going to drink any Coke, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper for 21 days. Folks, for me, that would be nothing because I probably went 365 days last year without it as well. Are you hearing me? If, if, if you don't drink sweet tea, then you can't say, oh, I'm fasting sweet tea. It's not giving up anything. You can fast broccoli. If you don't like it, it's not giving up anything. You understand, it's giving up something, giving up something. It's costing you something. It's denying yourself. And fasting is not a diet. It's not a diet. We're not fasting because we want to lose 5 pounds, 10 pounds, 15 pounds. Somebody say amen. It doesn't work anyway. You might lose 10 pounds, but guess what? When you change back to what you were doing before, those come right back on and come back on quickly and probably bring a couple friends with them. Somebody say amen happens a diet changes the way you look a fast changes the way you see it'll change your perspective it'll change your focus and God will use it in a great way so we're inviting you we're inviting everyone to take a part and to be a part of what we're doing in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 Jesus said I will build my church the gates of hell shall not prevail against it listen folks we are his church we are jesus's church he said he'll build my church it's a personalized thing it's a privilege to be a part of the church jesus made it possible the church is life giving it's life giving what if instead of dreading it what if instead of dreading 21 days of prayer and fasting what if instead of dreading getting up and getting here by 7 a.m or, or or if you're leaving your house to work you're getting up a little bit earlier because you're you're making commitment and, and and you're sticking with that commitment what if instead of oh it's a it's a burden now instead of dreading it now it's refreshing to you oh we get to do this serving is refreshing what if in our minds uh, the Bible reading would be refreshing. We, can't, we couldn't wait to get to it. We couldn't wait to, to sit down and set aside some time to allow the bread of life to get inside of us. Uh, prayer is so awesome to us. Uh, we can't wait to get into it. What if helping others was like that? It, it's not a duty. It's a delight. Uh, we get to do this. What if you loved uh, church? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. We need to get our passion back about serving the Lord. So our topic today is passion. We're returning to God, but our topic is passion. There's something that we love. Church is something that we love. Being in the presence of God is something that we love. We can't live without it. Jesus said there'd be a generation that loses their 
passion. Uh, they lose their passion. He says it in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. These people honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Uh, they worship me in vain, he goes on to say. Their teachings uh, are merely human uh, rules. Uh, they're going through the motion. They're keeping the rules, uh, but they're serving uh, without passion. Uh, honor with their lips, uh, but they don't enjoy doing it. Uh, they're following the human rules, uh, but God never intended for it to just uh, be that. Uh, God intended you to have a real relationship with him that is life-giving and life-changing. There's a lot of things that we get excited doing and get excited to do when it comes to Sunday morning church. This ought to be the best. When it comes to your commitment to God, there ought not be something that you're more excited about. This ought to come in first place. This we ought to be passionate about. We ought to prioritize our relationship with God. So passion, we're going to talk about that today. Romans chapter 12, verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Don't allow that passion to, to seep out. Don't allow that excitement level to come down. Keep the flame burning. Keep the fire burning. Get on fire for God. God is the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was passionate, folks. Jesus was passionate you read through the scriptures and you watch the movies and it seems like he's just so calm and, and his words are so calm. Folks, Jesus was passionate. You don't ever see the, 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 proper, the proper attitude or the, you know, just the going through the proper channels that kids just come and flock. You know, you know who kids like? Somebody that's goofy. Now, I'm not saying Jesus was goofy because he's anything but goofy. But there was something about Jesus that attract to where even the disciples were, were kind of getting the children off of him. Kids were coming up and just gathering around him. He had a magn magnetism to him that, that people were attracted to him. He was passionate. He was passionate. He was fun. John chapter 2, verse 14 through 17, show a little bit of, of Jesus' passion here from the New Living Translation in the temple area. He, Jesus, saw the merchants selling cattle and sheep and, and doves for sacrifices, and he also saw the dealers at the tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip and, with some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. That's passion, folks. He, he drove out the sheep and the cattle, scattered the money changers' coins all over the floor and turned over the tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. He remembered this. They remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. Passion. For God's house will consume me. Passion. Jesus had passion. And folks, we don't want to lose our passion. I didn't come to church today because I didn't have anything else to do. 
I, I'm not here because, uh, because this, uh, this is just something to do uh, on a Sunday morning. I, I love to serve the Lord. I love to enter into his presence. I love to lift up my hands and allow God's spirit and presence to sweep over my spirit and my life afresh. I love this stuff. Found out a long time ago that this is the most important thing in life. This is the most important thing in life. And the sooner you find that out, the better off you will be. Lift your hands right now all over this place and say, God, help me. God, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me to realize that. So four things in Scripture and talks about our passion and zeal. It definitely relates and talks about these things. And really these four things, people can have a tendency to become real lackadaisical about and real uh, casual about and, and, and really, really become lukewarm with these four things very Easily. First one, 21 days, so we're going to launch right in. Passion for prayer. Passion for prayer. It's not intending to pray. It's not just knowing that prayer works. It's not just knowing all these things. Yes, God's a prayer answering God. Tragedy of the day is, is not unanswered prayers. It's unoffered prayers. It's that people simply don't pray. They lose that passion for prayer. They lose that passion for prayer. They lose the very presence of God of entering into the presence of God. And then they suddenly become critical and know everything. You don't know everything. God knows everything. Get into the presence of God and let God work on you. Let God change you. Let God direct your heart and direct your life. Do this, folks. Sometimes people, you know, they, they, they get their attitude all out of kelter and, 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 and you know, they, they, they start having trouble with people, people. And it seems like that to them, everybody's against me. Well, how much have you prayed? Think about it. When you come into a situation, whether you're making, making big decisions in your life or, or you're having difficulty and there's, there's resistance in your life, ask yourself a question. How much did I pray this week? How much did I pray this month? Have I been entering into God's presence consistently, continually? And if the answer is what you don't want, which is very few or, or none at all, then don't make life-changing decisions. Don't create more chaos with the conflict until you commit yourself to some times in prayer. Somebody say hallelujah. Pray. Sometimes people get really quiet in prayer and they're, 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 they're just kind of bowing their head and closing their eyes and, 
You know, the mind's wandering in all different, different areas. They, they, they're really quiet. The books of Acts, if you read about the book of Acts and read in there, and, and when those people prayed, they, they raised their voices together in prayer. They lifted up their voices together in prayer. And the place where they prayed was shaken. It wasn't just some calm, now I lay me down to sleep kind of thing. They were getting with it. They were lifting up their voice. They were passionate about prayer. Matthew 21 and 13, it is written, he said to them, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers, a den of thieves. It's passionate. Prayer should be passionate, and it needs to get some passion. You need to get some passion about it in your life. James chapter 5, verse 16 from the King James. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much a fervent prayer is going to get it done it's going to work it's going to make a difference it works pray pray fervently go after God in prayer seek him lift up your voice go after him in prayer make prayer our first response not our last Resort. Make it your first response, not your last resort. Not a, well, we've tried everything. I guess we got to pray. No, why not pray first? First response, not last resort. First of our day, first of our week, first of our year. God, you are first. We have on the website some patterns of prayer that will help you not just to come or not just to bow down in your prayer time with a grocery list, so to speak. And, and then after four minutes, you're looking around, seeing what everybody else is doing and, and looking at your watch and, and, and trying to get out or trying to go and go about your best rest of your day. It's going through a pattern. Jesus gave his disciples a pattern. They said to him in Luke chapter 11, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said, when you pray, pray like this. After this manner, pray. And he gives them a pattern there. Look on the website and you can get that. Come on, let's return to a passion for prayer. A passion for prayer. All throughout Scripture, you'll also see this second thing. A passion for praise and worship. Now, I enjoyed the, the praise and worship uh, just a moment ago and God's presence moving uh, throughout the place and touching hearts and touching some. Uh, and, and, and if you didn't feel anything, uh, if, you didn't, if you didn't respond to God, uh, I just, I just want to encourage you to open up your heart uh, and believe God. Believe God. Worship doesn't have to be low-key, folks. It doesn't have to be arms folded and, and just, and just kind of watching, just kind of listening. It don't have to be traditional and no excitement. That's not what your, your Bible declares it to be. Psalms is a passionate book. It's passionate when it talks about praise and it talks about worship. It's lifting up your voice. It's clapping your hands, all your people. Shouting to God with the voice of triumph. It's dancing before the Lord. 
Lord. It's making some noise there. It's showing some passion. Not just supposed to be low key and just listen along as the praise team's up here singing for us. That's not the way it's supposed to be. No, worship is passionate. We get in it with them. They are leading us in worship. If they're bouncing up and down and worshiping, that's not for us to see or us to look at. It's for us to get with them. Somebody say amen. Amen. Worship God who is worthy. It's not about me. It's not about whether I like the song or don't like the song. It's not about whether they're on key or off key, whether they're too loud or or too soft. Worship isn't about me. It's about me worshiping God. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's passionate. All your soul. That's getting into it. And with all your mind and with all your strength folks that's passionate in order to do it with all your strength you're going to have to get into it you're going to have to have a little passion about it it's not about us we worship our god because he is worthy somebody put your hands together and clap to the lord Psalms 103 and 1, praise the Lord, oh, my soul, all my inmost, innermost being, praise his holy name, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Let's get back to the heart of God at the beginning of this year, back to a passion for God, back to biblical principles. Back to prayer, back to a passion in praise and in worship. David was passionate. King David, shepherd boy David, Old Testament book of Samuel David was passionate about God. He was a worshiper. Bible says that he is a a man after God's own heart. He was concerned. I love the story when he's concerned about getting the ark of the Lord back to its rightful place. The ark of the Lord was a symbol or stood for the very presence of God. And David had it in his heart to get the presence of God or that which stood for the presence of God back in the midst of the people people of God. Get it back where it's supposed to be. He was right in wanting God's presence back in the midst of them. He was bringing it back and so he did so with a celebration. I, I know that the first time he did it it come with a, a, a little bit of, of chaos and a little bit of trouble but then he studied and they did it back right and as they were bringing it back every six paces that they took every six paces that they went they would stop and they'd offer praise and worship sacrifices unto God now Old Testament sacrifice was more than just a sacrifice of praise that we're doing sacrifice was actually bringing sacrifices unto God and sacrificing them before God so every six paces every six paces one two Three, and I'm going to turn back around. Four, five, six. That didn't, that didn't go very far at all. I didn't cover very much territory at all. Boom, boom. Six paces. 
What did they do? It wasn't just one person that went out. It wasn't just two people that went out. There was a host that went out with David to bring the ark back. And every six paces that they took, they would stop right there. This is something that is passionate to him. He's a passionate about his God. He's passionate about worship. He wasn't going to go more than six steps without stopping and worshiping and sacrificing unto God. Now, we, uh, we've gone over this, and, and, and I've preached this a, a ton of times. But if you bring into the realization every six paces, every six steps, estimate in your mind right now, how many steps did you just take from the parking lot where you parked your car into where you're sitting right now? Who knows? I mean, if you just estimate it, I just did three, six, so six paces from here to there. Six, 12, 18, 24. Some of you may have taken 100 paces. Let me see your hand if you think, you think between 50 and 100 paces. All right. Let me see your hand if you think 10 paces. Let me see your hand if you're just not going to raise your hand at all. At least one raised their hand, two raised their hand saying, I'm not going to raise my hand at all. But you just raised it, so, so you did. How many paces? Think about it. They were taking the ark from a house to Jerusalem. Now, I, I, I tried to do a study, and, and, and different people say different, different things. Could have been six kilometers. Could have been eight miles. Folks, just think of it as one mile. And it's going, it was farther than that. Think of it as one mile. David was so passionate about worshiping his God. He was so passionate. Think about going a mile. Anybody here ever walk a mile? Let me see your hands. Come on, participation. Thank you. Several of you have walked a, while, a mile. And those that haven't walked it, have you ran a mile? Let me see your hands. All right. Couldn't, couldn't walk it, but you ran it. Okay, think about it. A mile in your mind right now. I'm just trying to bring it into focus here. A mile, just one. Every six steps you take, stop. And if he's offering sacrifices, folks, that's not just, uh, okay, let's stop and let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let's stop and let's lift our hands and say hallelujah. They were offering sacrifices every six paces now you think about the passion that he had in worshiping his god the passion that he had in getting the presence of god back where it needed to be what if what if some of us would get that passion about god to get his presence back in the midst of our family to get his presence upon our children and back in their lives to get his presence back where it needs to be this wasn't just casual. He was passionate about his worship. And it wasn't just a, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're so good to me. And the reason I know it wasn't that is because this scripture, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20 through 22. When David returned to home to bless his household, Michael, 
the daughter of Saul came out to meet him and said, now, now Michael was his wife. It says there, daughter of Saul. He was the wife. He, 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 he got her to wife after he, after he defeated that giant that day. And she comes out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. Disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants uh, as any vulgar fellow would. And David said to Michael, wasn't doing it for you. It wasn't for you. It wasn't for somebody else to look at me and say, oh, look at him. It was before the Lord. It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people of Israel. Listen, he said, I will celebrate before the Lord. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to continue being passionate and I'm passionate about my great God. I'll celebrate before the Lord. And listen to what he goes on and say, I I will become even more undignified than this. You think that was something? That's pretty much what he's saying there. You think that was something? You haven't seen anything yet. I wish some of us would get that kind of attitude and that perspective about serving God this year. You thought we were committed last year. You thought we were committed before. You haven't seen anything yet. You thought we brought guests before you haven't seen anything yet you thought we sought God before you haven't seen anything yet somebody put your hands together Hebrews chapter 13 and 15 through Jesus therefore let us continually continually not just once uh, not just sometimes uh, continually offer to God a sacrifice uh, of praise uh, the fruit of our lips uh, that openly profess his name somebody just lift your hands right now and love the Lord together Lord we're thankful for your goodness we're thankful for your touch upon our life we worship you oh God for you are good you are good your mercy is everlasting your truth endureth to all generations it's a military base in North Carolina Fort Lejeune Camp Lejeune whatever they call it they fly these F-15s, and it's located right beside a major highway. And, and these F-15s, you know, when they, I'm not a pilot, but, you know, when they kick it in, when they stomp the gas pedal, I believe it's on pilots, it's up here. When they really kick it in, they hit that afterburner. Those things are really quiet. Being sarcastic, they're really loud. Really loud. I'm not even going to try to imitate it, but just loud. So much so that it had been causing an issue on that, on that highway. Cars have been, you know, they're just driving down the road. It's kind of, kind of like last, uh, when was that, Friday night? We were, me and Matthew, Zachary, were on the, on the patio out there, and then all of a sudden you heard this, 
boom, fireworks going off. But literally, it sounded like they was underneath our patio, and, and uh, all of us jumped. You know, so then, you know, after, after I knew it, you know, you could hear the first, and then when it got up there, it you know. So when I'd hear that first little tone, I'd say, get ready, get ready, because then it was coming. See, when you're driving down the road and you don't know that this, 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 this jet is going to make this huge sound or this boom's going to happen or, or whatever, you, you get startled. And when you're, when you're going 65 mile an hour, 70 mile an hour, or whatever, sometimes that can be a little dangerous. Amen? So what had happened, now this is true, what had happened was they was having issues. So, so what they did was kind of like what I did with Matthew and Zachary is right before, you know, when you hear the initial light and the initial shoot off and they're going, get ready. So then once you're ready, the boom doesn't startle you quite as bad. So what they did, what they did, and you can Google this, you can see it, they put a billboard up. They put a billboard up right before the, the, a driver would drive into this area where they would see it. And, and the billboard simply says this. Pardon the noise. It's the sound of freedom. Pardon the noise. It's the sound of freedom. And that's what I want to say about us being excited about our God, being excited in worship. If it's too loud sometimes, if somebody's too loud sometimes, pardon the noise. It's the sound of freedom. We've been forgiven. We've been set free. We've been changed. We've been transformed by the power of God. God came into our life called us out of darkness into this marvelous light and if you don't mind because of our freedom our freedom spiritually it's alright every now and then to lift up your voice to lift up your hands to make a little noise it's the sound of freedom. Why don't we do that one more time? Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your heart. God, you've been so good to me. Passionate about passionate about our worship, passionate whether we feel good or we're a little under the weather or whether we had a good week or not so good of a week. He's still worthy. So I can come before him with praise. I can come before him with singing. I can come before him and clap my hands. I can shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Passionate about our God. How do we keep praise where it should be? We give God what he deserves, not what we feel, not how we feel. We give him what he deserves, and he's always worthy of our praise. He's always worthy of our worship. We're passionate about worship. So passionate about prayer, passionate about praise and worship. And I know what time it is, so I'll get through these next two pretty quick. Passion for purity. Passion for purity. God is holy. God is righteous. 
My righteousness is but filthy rags in his presence. God, robe me in your righteousness. Clothe me in your righteousness. Be holy as I, the Lord God, am holy. Hate what is evil. Cling to that which is good. This is a generation in error and mocks the church for, for what it stands for. We're going to have a passion for the things of God. A passion for being right with God. Not allowing things to slip in that we know are wrong. Not allowing things to uh, do things and, 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 and allow things to come out of our mouth and allow things to go into our mouth and, and such that, that we know are not godly. Passionate passionate for purity. Numbers 25 and 11. Read this story when you get home. Numbers chapter 25 and 11. Phineas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites since he was, a zeal, uh, was zealous for my honor among them as I am. What had happened in that story when you, when you read it, when you get time? Is, is the Israelites, the Israelites had allowed ungodly people to kind of inter, intertwine with, with them. And, and the men were taking Moabite women and they were even taking them into the temple. If you read the story, man, you talk about passion. Phineas has some mega passion here. He takes a sword into the... And there's, there's plagues that come on there. And I don't have time to go into this, this story in great detail here. Plagues come on from God because of their, of their wrongness. And, and, and Phineas here, he takes a spear. And uh, he goes in and he sees the, the Israelite man and, and the Moabite woman coming in to, 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 to the temple. And he takes that spear in his passion for purity and his passion for righteousness he throws that spear, and it spears the both of them. The Bible's pretty interesting if you'll read it. Somebody say amen. I mean, you read that story when you get home. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty passionate. And because of his passion for rightness. See, sometimes people just get, get all this, this self-righteous. This, this dude's not being self-righteous here. God is judging the people. And there's 25,000, I think, is the number that actually die from, from the plague that God put upon them. It's not just him saying, oh, you guys are wrong, going to hell. It's not what it was. He was passionate about what was right. Passionate about what was right. And he, 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 he pretty much turned, uh, turned the, the judgment off of Israel when he got passionate about, about what was right and about purity. Read it. Read that, that story in Numbers chapter 25. 2 Kings chapter, chapter 10, another, another such one that was passionate for purity, passionate for right, Jehu. You, you want to read some excitement? Read that one as well. Jehu, he, he, you know, he just, he just grab a sword and he'd take out all the unrighteous. And, and you know, don't, don't think about right now, well, oh, I thought thou shalt not kill. We don't want to get into that right now. Jehu was, was zealous. For right. And let me just say right now, when, when I came into church, and there was nobody bringing swords here and start cutting people's heads off that aren't real, <laughs> amen, that are doing wrong, now it's a house of mercy, house of prayer. When you pray, when you pray, you're going to have mercy for that person that's not right. 
you're going to show some grace to that individual that, that may not understand everything. You throw the sword, you throw the spear right now, they're done, they're gone. That's not, the, that's not what we're living in right now. There was plagues upon the people of God. Somebody comes in now, you know what? Number one, question, am I right with God? Before I start spitting out the sword, I better have, I better have grace. I better have enough grace within me that that sword doesn't just kill. The letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. You can be right in what you say and wrong and when and how you say it. What you said, that's, that's why texting and, and posting and all that stuff can be, can be dangerous. Because what you say can actually write to the letter. But the letter killeth and the spirit giveth life. That's where we're a grace and mercy, folks. Jesus is about love and grace and mercy. And yes, he wants you to be right. But he's not going to stomp you and, and give you one chance and then, and then throw the spear through you and kick you out the door because you didn't accept it or didn't receive it or didn't believe it quite like it actually says. God is loving and merciful and full of grace. But he is going to, he is going to help you. He is going to kick you out of that nest and make you fly. Somebody say hallelujah. Give the Lord another hand clap. Jehu. I done lost my time for Jehu. Jehu, read it in 2 Kings chapter 10. He tells that prayer, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. He goes down to the next city. Boom, he wipes them out. Folks, let's be a voice, not an echo. You don't echo what the world says. You don't echo what, what, what's going on around you at the job or, or, or even what you're reading sometimes. Be not conformed to the world. Don't repeat what you're hearing from out there. Be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Some voices you're listening to simply are not right. We're not following the world's way. We're following God's way. Be passionate about purity and finally passionate for people. And we're getting ready to close. We're not just a church, though we'll have a place to come. Us. It's not an us for and no more concept. Whosoever will. Whosoever will, let him come. He's not just in love with us. We don't have a corner on the market. God wants everybody to know him. Whosoever will. For God so loved. He loved so much. Came down, left his throne in glory. Came a sacrifice. Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Died for me. Died in my stead. I was guilty, he was innocent. He loved me enough to take my place. My sin, my judgment was upon him. Took it upon himself. He loved that much. Not just me, not just us. 
for the world. He so loved the world. We should do anything we can to reach as many as we can. Let it sink in. Passion for people. Passion for people. Do what we can to reach as many as we should do less for us and more for others. Acts 20 and 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus Christ. The work of telling others the good news, the gospel, about the wonderful grace of God. A life not lived for others is not a life. That's what he's saying. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it. So here we are today. If you're discouraged, if you're bored, if you're hurting, could it be, could it be that you're more focused on yourself than you are about others? But my situation is real, you say, and I know, I know it is. Our life, though, is not about us. The more you give your life for others, the more you find your life. Some of you are so beat up and, and tired that you didn't even make resolutions this year. Usually you think about things that you could change or think about things that you're going to do. And, and you thought, what's the use? I've never been able to change it, never been able to do it. Why even make a resolution this year? For some of you, the fire has totally gone out. Nothing there. Not even a spark, not even an ember, not, no flame. And God doesn't go, all right, that's fine. Don't worry. No, no problem. He doesn't do that. This is what he says. Revelations chapter 2, and I'm closing. Verse 4 and 5. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you first had. He doesn't just give up on you. He, he, he gives you a chance to return. And he tells you how. He said, you've forsaken the love you had at first, your first love. Consider now how far you have fallen. Think about the times that you loved prayer more, more, and you loved worship more, and, and you loved purity more, and, and, and you loved people more. Think about it. Consider it. Consider the place from which you are fallen think about it and then he goes on to say repent turn around make a change he always gives you that chance no, no matter how far you go no matter what you've done he's always uh, giving you that chance uh, to change uh, to repent uh, repent he says uh, and do the things you did at first do what you used to do. Do what you did when you loved to do it. Go back and do it again. Do those things you did at first. Uh, and then he gives you a warning. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And folks, you don't want to go there. That's not a place in your life that you want to go. 
if you're here today and you feel like the fire needs stoked, that the fire needs a little rekindling, you need to get the fire back, you need the passion back in your life, you need to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. If God is drawing you back, come back. If he's pulling on you to take steps towards him, take steps towards him.